0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jam Transmissions. I, of course, am your host, Mr. Rick Van This is episode 118. It's been a couple of weeks since um, I got behind the mic. Things got busy. Had my wife's birthday. We're planning a move. New work stuff, kid stuff, summertime, family life, work. You guys know the drill. It's been really crazy over here. So everybody that is listening right now, thank you so much for being patient and sticking around. Um, I am not alone guys. We've had a very busy star Wars week and with everything that's going on this week, there's no way in hell I was going to be able to do this alone. So what do you do? You call on royalty to help you sort through some of this craziness, right? So sitting across from me in the virtual studio is my friend and yours, Mr. King Tom Chansky. Tom, how are you?
1: I'm I'm doing great, Rick. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for uh, for answering the call. It was kind of a last minute thing and uh, you did offer to come on. So um, what is going on with you, my man? You are busy. It seems all the time. Every time I turn on my podcatcher, your voice pops up first.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I that people like talking to me, I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> we have the Sith list every week and we, we just launched a Patreon last month uh, and we're having a lot of fun. Um, come up with ideas and shows for that. Um, and it, right now we have more ideas than we have time to do shows, but we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're putting some stuff out there. Uh, and then, you know, just helping out my friends on their shows too. So, and, and, and I have a life offline too.
0: You know, I don't know how, I don't know how you do, because like, do you just walk around with the microphone strapped to your chest and be like, oh, just calling easier. me. I got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, sure. Again, yeah, th- thanks for, for, for being here. Um, let's get uh, through some of the shenanigans right here off the top. Uh, guys, you can follow me at Cabane's Bains Bounty. You can follow the show uh, at JT Comlink. You can send us emails to uh, Jam Transmissions. Oh, my God. It's a uh, JT. Uh, I forgot the goddamn email. It's been so long. It's uh, a Comlink, C O M L I N K, at jamtransmissions.com. Drop me a line. I, I, I want to know what's going on, people. It's been a while. Um, and uh, King Tom, where can people find you? Uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter.
1: And then um, you know on the Sith list every week. And then Patreon shows for Bad Motivators, Steel Wars, Blue Harvest, and the Sith list. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of
0: stuff. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I only know that because I listen to a lot. I'm lucky enough to be able to listen to work most days. Mm-hmm. So even before I... Was asked to start hosting this show with Pete. Like, I, I kind of already felt like I knew people. It's the whole weird thing about parasocial relationships. And I'm like, I know, I know them. And then I meet you guys at Celebration in 2019. And it was, it was the day after um, Steele's event. Mm-hmm. So you guys were all kind of the walking dead. And I was all super. Um, I remember walking the floor and I see, I see Johnny, Johnny Grasso. And I knew, like, I don't, I think he had already recorded that episode with his dad. Um, yeah,
1: I think so. Um,
0: and it like, it really touched me like personally. And uh, I have stories about my dad and stuff with star Wars. And I knew the first time I saw him, I had to give him a hug. Right. And cause we had talked on the phone a couple of times and we were supposed to meet up that Thursday night and uh, unfortunately it didn't happen. So he was like, do you want to meet the rest of the crew? And I was like, yeah, man, who's around? And he was like, he's like, Haas and, uh, Taas and King Tom, they're over at the table over here. So I'm like, all right. The Haas has got his recorder out. He's recording uh, you and uh, Emily, Emily Lind and, and uh, Canto Brit, you know, sitting there. And um, I think uh, James Yarko came up with the sun and they were talking about the Mandalorian trailer <laughs> and stuff. And uh, um, Evan DiCello stepped up for a second uh, and uh chris hall was there for a minute so it was really cool to get to have meet everybody and you but all of you guys had the longest looks on your faces just from having been up so late at this yeah. event so i think i might have caught all you guys at the wrong time um no it, you, so, go ahead
1: I, yeah it was i i remember well that and for me i was leaving sunday or i, I was mm-hmm. leaving sunday night so the that year the convention was going to Monday too. And I was a little bit bummed that, okay, everyone else is going to get, you know, another day together. And here I have to, I have to leave early to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, I was tired from the night before. And I had that going on too, but I remember like meeting you and it was like, you know, because I, I you know, you'd, you'd sent in emails and we, we, we followed each other on Twitter. So it was nice to, to finally, to finally meet you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just felt like, because at that point I wasn't doing the show yet and mm-hmm. I just felt very much like the new kid. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things like <clears throat> you and I were age wise. You and I were only a couple of months apart. Yeah. And this is something that I tell my son now about like, especially now with us having moved recently about like finding friends and stuff. I'll like have to remind him on my kid. i like, listen, I'm 40 years old. And um i'm like in the last five years or so i feel like i found a new tribe of people to kind of call my own and it's because of star wars and a lot of these people a lot of you guys you excluded and the people that we were just talking about like there's people from all over the world that realistically we may never get a chance to shake hands with or be in face-to-face company with because we have social media to keep us together and things like podcasting and stuff so like i felt like like I was stepping into a new world meeting all of you guys. Cause you guys have all, like, had experience doing this stuff. You guys are already at like a, uh, a, a comfort level about expressing your nerdiness that I was still a little bit kind of like grappling with. Um, not, I mean at home, I'm like, hell yeah, I got all this stuff. Um, but like out in the real world, working construction, telling people that you're a star Wars fan. Some guys are cool with it. Most other guys are like, well, what about the Chicago bears? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't even know what that is. So,
1: yeah, you know, I if, if I if I could share. Um, so th- I've I've been at we moved last summer also. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you, most of my friends are people I've I've met online from Star Wars. And I've worked at this job that I'm at now since December, but it's been mm-hmm. totally remote. Um, but I and since that time I've also not had a manager. And we had a manager start today. So the director said, okay, let's bring the team, four of us in. Um just for the week, mm-hmm. and just you know, and then after that, will be will all be remote. My manager, he's, he's living in an RV. He just works from around the country. Um, and another guy and I are here, based in Cincinnati, and so is our, our director. And then we have like teams all over the world we work with. And so we're hanging out, and we go out to dinner last night, and we start talking about Star Wars, at, or we start talking about Disney. And um, if you listen to the Sith list, you know I have some childhood trauma based around. Trips to Disney World that didn't happen. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I brought that up, but I said, you know, back in May, I went to Anaheim and I went to Disneyland and I had some great friends show me around and it erased everything. And they said, why Why were you in uh, Anaheim? And and one of my coworkers knew, I said, I was at a Star Wars convention. And, and they're like, yeah, we like Star Wars. We like Star Wars. and And at first I was like, okay, good. That's the first step. Hmm. The second step is seeing... How people react when you tell them that you love Disney Star Wars or the current era of Star Wars, and and right. I mentioned, you know, because they asked me, and I said I love it, and and to their credit, they all did too. Oh, good. And I'm like, I and you know what, my boss, he grew <clears throat> up in the Cincinnati area. He's like, um, yeah, uh, he's a few years older than we are. Yeah, I had Star Wars toys growing up, but they were always different than the toys my friend had. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he didn't realize. He got those toys from his father's best friend, who worked at Kenner. They were prototypes. Oh, and now they're worth like (laughs) tens of thousands of dollars.
0: You hear all these stories about people who used to like dumpster dive, right, to find that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: And then my manager, he was telling this story. He grew up in Northern California, and his father's he and his father used to ride motorcycles around. They're in like north of San Francisco. They're at a stoplight in some country road, and this black. Benz or BMW pulls up next to them, tinted windows, revs the engine, and they're like, "Okay, what is this person doing?" Mm-hmm. Driver side window rolls down. It's George.
0: Oh, get out of here!
1: Yeah, and George, <laughs> like the light turned green, George looked at him and took off.
0: <laughs> he was like, and "Punch a chewy." Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that that was pretty cool. So wow, yeah, it's man. a long long way going about it. I think enough people are into these nerdy pursuits that you and I think as normal, or it's it's getting to be a lot more accepted than like back when we were in high school.
0: Right now, I mean, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, I've got a couple of coworkers. One guy who's who's roughly about the same age who's doesn't really dig all the all the more recent stuff, but we talk mm-hmm. about it. And he's he's generally okay to talk about. Uh, some of the stuff with, and then we've got a couple of uh, younger coworkers. We have a guy who just started yesterday who's 20 years old. Um, so he is technically like his birthday was like a few weeks ago. He's technically younger than attack of the clones, uh, which wow. blows my mind. Yeah, I know Um he's, I tried to poke him to make sure he wasn't like a digital recreation of a human being. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, we get to talking about some of this stuff. And for some of the guys who are maybe under 25 as apprentices, um, to them it's not as much a part of the cultural zeitgeist as it is for or as it was for us even growing up and you know this younger guy he's he's a lot into um he's or he's just starting to get into some um anime shows and uh i was like oh you know what do you like and you know i'm like do you get into other stuff too like you read comics or watch any shows and he was like no not really like that's he's like that's kind of a bridge too far for me and I'm like, wow, comics are a bit too far over anime, which to me, anime always seemed like a more, you know, like a much more niche thing. And I, I like does, some anime yeah. shows, but I don't get too into it. Um, but um, it, I, you know, things that are considered, I guess, on the periphery now are just a little bit different, or there's just more of a. It's I guess it's easier now to find people of your ilk when it comes to shared interests because of think- you know being on the internet and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I think it definitely is, and it, part I think part of it's that part of it is you know you're not as much expected to like sports. You know, boys have sports, girls have housework or Barbies or, or whatever it was back in right. You know, when we were growing up in the decades before that, it's it's much more accepted, and, and I'm glad because I couldn't I couldn't do the sports and nothing but sports thing.
0: Now you you got. One kid, two kids? How many kids you got? I have two a boy and a girl. Are they do they follow some of the Star Wars stuff as hard as you do or no?
1: Um, yes, and like they don't get into everything. Mm. Um, my daughter, you know, she loves to see the movies. Um, she she she's tried some of the books, um, but she she's more in, into the visual stuff. Uh, my son, he, he he watches a lot. He really likes the idea of the High Republic. He's read the High Republic comics. Oh, nice! Um, but not the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he loves the Lego stuff.
0: Yeah, that's about. How old is your son? He's he turned ten uh, last month. Okay, my my son's twelve, and he's very much the same way when it comes to he read the High Republic Adventures. He's got you know he had subs for the Star Wars Adventures comics. He's read them all, um, and uh, same thing like you slap Lego on anything and he's all about it. So I've been, except for I maybe, I think he's just got kind of the mentality of, he has to go back to school in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I was telling him about the Lego summer vacation, which comes out tomorrow as we're recording. I think so. Yeah. A couple of hours actually. And he's kind of like, yeah, I think he's already just a little bit bummed out. Like he already feels like summer's over and he, he did remote learning for a year and a half. And now he's going to be going back to, a brick and mortar school and he's starting junior high this year so lots of changes for him but like he's into his stuff we went to see the um dc super pets the league of super pets last weekend and we had a good time with that like he's really he's in all kinds of other stuff so when i start talking about star wars and he's got he has a phone now so he'll be looking at his phone while i'm talking to him he's looking at like the nintendo wikis You know what I mean? Like he's not listening. He doesn't give a damn what I'm saying about this stuff anymore. Unless I tell him like there's something like I, he read the, that first excerpt from um, shadow of the Sith with, um, with Anakin Mm -hmm. uh, or with Luke and, you know, Anakin at the end. And I was like, kiddo, you got to read this. And he was like, dad, what, why am I reading? I was like, just do it. And he was like blown away by it. He was like, this is awesome. When does the book come out? And I was like, comes out in a couple weeks. And since, you know, all of my books I get, um, I'll buy from the author's local store and I, I try to get them signed. Mm-hmm. I usually get them a week or two after release. So my copy of shadow of the Sith actually came from the UK from Goldsboro because they do sprayed edges and stuff. Mm-hmm. He saw the book and it's 480 some odd pages. And he was like, dad, you're going to have to tell me what happens in that book. I yeah. think i come going to read that. And I was like, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what's going on. So, um, but that's cool, man. Uh, next generation, we'll see whatever they're into. And we're we're we're, we're old to them, yeah. regardless of whatever it is that we're into. Like, I listen to a lot of – it's weird, like, for me, and I know, it's, I know it's the same for you, like, you being the big Weezer fan. I listen to a lot of punk, a lot of punk and a lot of hip-hop. So, for me, punk rock doesn't sound like it ages. Like, it still sounds like a very young music, even though some yeah. of the songs are 45, almost 50 years old, right? So, we're in the car, and I'm like – listening to the ramones or something this was a couple of years ago i said like, can i ask you a question he says yeah i says does this song sounds new to you or does this sound like this song was recorded a long time ago and he was like dad i don't i don't listen to old music i was like okay fair enough one day the records you were going to inherit yeah they're not going to you i'm going to sell them oh you're going to wish <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we start getting into uh, the meat and potatoes of the show, I do want to talk about a couple of things here. Um, I want to talk about, um, <clears throat> the Amadala initiative, uh, right off the jump, uh, myself and, uh, 77 other creators, 76 others, including myself, uh, were asked to, uh, help promote the Amadala initiative. You can find them on Twitter at Amadala helps. There's a GoFundMe that they have set up, um, to help uh trans kids and their families, uh, specifically in Texas, I'd have to deal with a lot of the uh, bullshit legal battles that are happening down there. Um so again, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um and I do want to um shout out um the what choice campaign um that was started after the uh Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um what is it? it's been what five, six weeks now. Yeah. Um and again uh there is a, a GoFundMe for that. I will leave their Twitter handle you can find is uh what choice twenty two uh, for any updates, I think they've gotten close to raising somewhere between forty-five and fifty thousand dollars um, mm-hmm. since they started. I don't know what the final number is as of recording this, but um, you know, any little bit can help. And if you can't donate financially, um, spread the word. Um, if you see them and follow them. Um, share any links that they have. Uh, and the last thing to that end that I do want to shout out is uh, Podathon 2022 is happening September 17th this year. Uh, I am not directly involved with it, but um, a lot of the people that are running that um, are friends and I want to help promote it too. So, you know, Pete Fletzer, Tatooine Sons, Bombat Cast, um, Alden Diaz, uh, Octu Radio, and stuff like that. Um, and many others, a, a lot of names I'm, I'm forgetting right now are going to be a part of that. Um, there uh, they are accepting donations for Potathon right now. You can go to potathon.com and there is a direct link that goes to make a wish, which is the foundation at this porting. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not collecting the money and then handing it over. All the do- donations go directly to make a wish. Um, so you can do that right now. Um, again, same thing. Every little bit helps. They are going to have raffles the day of the Potathon. it's going to be either a 12 or a 15-hour um the thing that's running on YouTube and they'll be doing raffles and stuff as they go along. Uh, and this week, the big interview that, um, Alden Diaz announced, um, just the other day at, I think it's eight o'clock Eastern, uh, September 17th, he got the opportunity to interview Ryan Johnson. Um, and he said that, you know, he's 100% in green onion mode for promoting the movie, But when he found out that it was uh, for Make-A-Wish, which is apparently a a foundation that he really supports, uh, he said, yeah, let's talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, So that will be the evening kind of highlight for all of that. So, again, there's going to be links for all of this stuff in the show notes. Now, that's all done. King Tom. Yes. Let's talk collecting for just a second. Okay. What, if anything, do you buy and what have you bought lately?
1: Um, most well, okay. Most of what I get uh, probably regularly are comics. Um, I haven't I haven't been to the comic shop this week just because I've been at at work and the commute's just killing me. Yeah. Um, So I haven't I haven't picked up anything uh, from the shop this week. When I get books, most of the times I, I get them digitally just because I like to read on my phone. I can bring that with me. I have over um <clears throat> bought some toys recently. Um, the I forget what they're called. But they they were they this line just started coming out on Target on Amazon. I think it launched August first. Um, it's like the Micro Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they it's, <clears throat> it's 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 kind of like the old mi- Micro Collection um, of Kenner, which were the little diecast metal figures, and mm-hmm. they would have vehicles and play sets. I I loved those as a kid. Um, they had like the Bespin freeze chamber. You put Han on the thing, you push it down, you turn around, pull it up and it's the carbonite Han. Uh, I, but remember. I remember. I yeah, remember well. Yeah. It didn't sell well. And I, you know, a few years ago I, I got, I got them on eBay, uh, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of them, uh, but they didn't sell well. And, you know, in the, in the nineties, they came out with micro machine sets, uh, but this is their latest stab at like, you know, little tiny figures and a decent sized vehicle. Um, so I got, and I, I say I got them for me, but my son, he's been playing with them a lot. I got the X wing <laughs> and I got the uh-huh. razor crest. Oh, um, nice. And I think they, they also have like the Falcon and then a few of the other, uh, ships. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they, they're nice. Uh, the, 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 ships are functional. Like the razor crest, all the doors open, the top comes off. It has like a carbonite.
0: little block. I don't, in
1: know, it. I don't know if it's supposed to be Horatio Sands or one of the other people who were there. Um, uh,
0: It'd be something but, if it had like neck farting action.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's in carbonite. So whatever gas is, is in there, uh, it's frozen in. Um, but and you know, the X-Wing, the S-foils open up and you can open up the cockpit and put the landing gear down. And it's, you know, it. it I didn't feel like it was, I think it was like $16 for the X-Wing. I didn't think that was that bad. Um,
0: are they, uh, are they die cast? They're metal?
1: No, they're not. And the, okay. the 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 figures are like a really hard plastic, so mm. you can't like throw them and really hurt someone like you could the uh, the ones that were out when we were kids. Right, and you, you can't you can't really pose the figures. You could just you know walking, or you know put them in the <laughs> cockpit or put them in the ship or whatever. But yeah, the yeah. So the Razor Crest came with um, Din, Grogu, and Grief Karga. Oh, nice. Which I thought that's I cool. thought was really cool. I thought cool. Yeah, really that's a nice cool.
0: touch. That's a nice touch. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah um yeah i uh this week uh collecting wise has been absolutely wild, and this is gonna lead into some of the new stuff we're gonna talk about in a minute, but um so like I made the conscious decision towards the end of last year, um really about the time- like late last year when we were kind of like finalizing everything with the move, it was like don't really have money to spend to buy figures and I was buying them, you know not a ton, but I was buying black series figures. And, you know, I might have maybe 40 or 50 Black Series figures right now. Not a ton considering how many there are altogether, but um, I really decided to kind of put the kibosh on there. Like I can't, I couldn't really throw money down, but there Mm were still pre-orders coming out, right? So last year I put in uh, the order for the uh, Merrick from Rogue One. Okay. And I think it was like a year ago, almost, you know, just past the date. It was like that and Galen Urso were released at the, on the same day. Well, lo and behold, this Monday, um, my black series and talk Merrick shows up in the mail. Right. And I'm like, I'm re- I almost thought about canceling it. I'm like, but because it was just taking so long. I was like, but there it is. And I'm like, I'm really stoked. This is my first one in the Rogue One box with the green, um, you know, lettering and stuff on it. And uh, it looks really cool. And it is kind of nice to know that I'm getting one of the last ones that have the plastic front in it. Yeah. Um, Which I'm all about saving the earth and stuff. Like Padawan, like this book, like Obi-Wan is very much like the ecologist and like trying to save this planet and stuff. Um, Not in some hippie kind of way or anything. But I'm like, I'm I'm not really digging the boxes that don't have the open front because I want to know what's in it. Yeah. Um, So that came in along with that. And I don't have it here with me, but you've seen it. Um, I had, uh, our friends over at uh, the Tatooine Sons, uh, David and, uh, and the boys during celebration, I had mentioned, uh, since everybody got those and or posters, I was like, well, I would love to have one of those. And, uh, the day afterwards, David sends me a message and he says, um, have you talked to anybody about getting one? And I was like, no, and I don't expect to. And then he sends me a picture of Sam and Nate, his sons holding one up. And he said, send me your address. I'll get it to you. It might take some time. Well, that came in on Monday as well. Nice. All right. Now, you know what other big thing happened on Monday that we're going to talk about in a minute. All right. Related to this. So I was like, oh, my God, what is happening on this day? Right. Why? These two things came in on this day. Right. So then later in the evening, sitting there with my son, I'm on the couch and I'm scrolling the phone put the thing down and like immediately it starts buzzing and i get uh, i get a dm on twitter and i'm like okay and it's from a podcast called uh the hollow net marauders and it says uh congratulations you won uh the convention exclusive cassian andor uh, no way funko pop and i'm like what is going on today i'm like what insanity is going on so like i sent them a message back and i was like oh my god thank you guys so much and it was just one of those you know like the tweet retweet it follow make sure you follow us and stuff like that um and so that'll come in the mail probably on september 21st um (laughs) if uh if luck has anything to say with it so i'm like that's just wild i'm like you know because i mean the andor trailer drops that day we got a couple stills it was just like everything was happening for people who have met me tom you have when i was at celebration i have an andor jacket people Mm -hmm. i posted up on twitter last week um not that i think i look like diego luna but the fact that people have and i'm saying this and again i say this every time in the most humble way when people do say that i'm like Thank you because Diego Luna is a very handsome man and I will take it.
1: <laughs> there, you know, I was a little bit tired and out of it. And I think, you know, it was we I we weren't introduced right away when you came yeah. over, I don't think. And I'm like, that Cassian cosplayer is really good.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it's the funny thing about the celebration, and I've said this a handful of times too, like that jacket was a Christmas gift for my wife. And she bought it, she got it from Etsy. Um and she What she will still now say things like, you know, I'm surprised that you liked it as much as you do, because when it's cool out, that's my everyday jacket. I just wear it all the time. You know, it's 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 warm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not super thin. It's not super thick. It's 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 practical. Like whoever made it like there's pockets on the inside and stuff. And like, it's not an exact one to one replica. But I mean, like which I'm more I'm happier that it is because I think it's more durable than if it was you know, a, a one-to-one replica jacket. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember walking in I think that Sunday morning and um a lot it was I walked past the line just to kind of see what was going on. It was, you know, first thing. And I hear people just kind of murmuring, like, oh my God, that guy looks like Cassian. That guy looks like Cassian. And I'm kinda of like, no, oh, okay, put the chin up a little bit higher. Like, all right, cool, I could take it. Um, I'll stretch myself to five foot six. Um but uh so back to like collecting stuff something like monday i'm like oh my god like of all the days to get like you know Cassian andor and andor related accessories on on this day of all days right so then tuesday rolls around and uh the mail comes and i get my retro mandalorian pops up i our Boba fett oh. pops up so i'm like all right you know we're we're kenner kids so i'm like I got this. I have uh, the Ahsoka's coming. So like that came in and I'm like, well, that's pretty awesome. Right. I forgot to mention this last week. I got the, uh, or two weeks ago, the prototype uh, Chewbacca. I found this uh, in the wild. So I'm like, that was pretty awesome. I just wanted to, I just want to show it off. But then today, last thing kind of capper for the week is um, my collecting has shifted to books. You know, I buy signed books. I have the hashtag hardcover army and uh, my copy of uh, Kirsten White's. Padawan came in today nice. um, from her local bookstore, um, which is a uh, mysterious galaxy in San Diego, California. So maybe uh boo and, uh, and Brittany can go venture in there one day and, and see what's up. But uh, so that you can see it, the, uh, the book is signed there. It says, uh, hello there. Uh, from, uh, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And uh, it is personalized too, but um, that's like, I can't remember that the last time I got that much stuff in the same week um let alone in the same month to talk about so when pete was on the show we would do collecting stuff every week and same thing we would talk about like i went to the shop and i got my pools this week i'm like i just i have this stuff and i'm like we're not even moved into our new place yet we're not settled yet and i already have new stuff that's like that i've (laughs) landed with um that I now have to find a place for, um, in the new place. So thank you for indulging me. And that was just me showing off all the dumb shit that I got this week. So
1: no, that's, that's a, that's an awesome haul. It's been a good week for you.
0: It is now. I, I, I can't, if I bring in anything else in the next two weeks, I'm going to be living out in the streets. It's it's not going to be cool. Um, but so getting into this week, obviously, you know, we did have, um, the indoor trailer dropped on Monday. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, along with that, there was, um, uh, a very long article in empire magazine uh they do have a they don't have the cover for it which i guess is indicative of kind of how crowded the tv market is uh for september and october with um was it uh the rings of power coming out yeah. sandman drops this weekend on netflix which i'm really excited about that looks really cool um and you've got um what's the other one that's coming up she in Hulk? September? Yeah, she she Hulk Hulk starts, starts in, a couple like weeks. in a week or two. Yeah. yeah, um, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Either it's way, Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right, House of the Dragon, House of Dragons, whatever it's called. Um, so, one of those has the cover and or does not. Um, but, Diego Luna is on the cover of um, the SFX uh, magazine that I saw today, and um, strategically, they like to cover the F to make it look like an E. And uh, since, uh, as I've said before, Diego is a pretty handsome dude. You, you put two and two together. You, you know what I'm getting at. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> aside from all the Andor news in Empire Magazine, again, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, there was an interview with Gwendolyn Christie. Now, anybody who doesn't remember the name, she was Captain Phasma in the sequel trilogy. So she's out promoting another thing. I know she's in the Sandman, um, but she was promoting another project. I forget what it was. And they started off this, this interview by asking her, would you like to see Captain Phasma come back into Star Wars again? And she said, absolutely. I would love to come back into Star Wars. Now, last Jedi Finn does some stuff. She drops into the fire. Obviously if there's no body, you know, in Star Wars, uh, no one's ever really gone. Um, but what do you think? Do you think we could ever possibly see a Captain Phasma on screen again?
1: I th- I think it's possible. Um, whether you have her somehow survive, I think it's more likely. At some point, we might get a, a, a rise of the First Order. So something featuring that. Whether mm-hmm. it's specifically about the First Order or it's it's used somewhere else. And I think... She, she would always be a, a good character to have in that. Um we got more of her story through the the was it Delilah Dawson's Phasma novel. Yeah. She was she wrote that. <clears throat> uh which was a very good novel. Um and you know that that gave her a point of entry enough years before the it, it, in Saga time. Enough years before the the Force awakens, you could say that there's more story to tell there. Um I don't I, like I said, I think the Phasma novel was a very good novel. I don't know that it would be um, Disney Plus friendly.
0: No, that's a pretty brutal yeah. uh, story, especially um, towards the end with uh, with the bugs and the, the... Yeah.
1: The bugs and the um, using dead bodies for the healing paste. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's... You know what? Put it a, put it on Disney. Let, let the kids grow up a little bit faster. Yeah. What the hell?
1: Like yeah, why not? Yeah, what the
0: why hell? not? Bambi's mother died right away, so I mean, why, why yeah. not? Yeah. So, um, but hey, I thought that was a little noteworthy. It was nice to hear uh, Gwendolyn Christie. And again, like I, seeing that Sandman trailer at SDCC was, um, I that was one of those things that I did not think could ever be adapted visually well enough. And uh, I am glad to be wrong because uh, that trailer looks—it's absolutely beautiful.
1: People are hyped um, about
0: that. Yeah, and uh, something else that I think is really beautiful, Um, our friend Sal Perales. Um, If you haven't seen, right, now, as as any normal 44-year-old man does, um, I have notifications set up for the Star Wars Kids channel on YouTube, right? Because content is content. Um, And uh, we happened to see just the other day that there is a brand new series on uh, the Star Wars Kids channel called Lightsaber Academy, and we get to see our very own Sal Perales is teaching these kids how to use lightsabers. And uh, I watched them this morning before work. They're very short. They're only maybe like two, two and a half minutes long. There's two light sides so far and two dark side. And uh, the first one is like basic moves. And then he does one where it's like um, learn to fight like Obi-Wan, something like that. Yeah. Um, and man, if that's not one of the most awesome things. Um, I've only I don't know Sal like you guys do. I've talked to him online shared a couple of dms here and there nothing major um but again it's one of those things parasol's relationships you kind of feel like you know people Mm -hmm. and i think it's a little bit different because i do know some of you like i've phone numbers and you know talking to people that way and stuff um so there there is a weird kind of connection but that was just one of the coolest things um to see i like it's almost it's almost as close no no no. i'm gonna say this it's 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 cooler than steel being in kenobi it's
1: yeah, it's it's right up there,
0: I think. Because, and here's a, here, here's my bias, like, as a Mexican dude, I need to see another Mexican dude out there. And nothing against Steele because he, yeah. he's he's cool, but he's not Sal Perales.
1: Right. I mean, I'm I'm ha- I'm very happy for both of them. But I, I yeah, <laughs> I I agree with what you're saying, especially from that standpoint. And you know, he's put so much. He and his family have put so much work into you know being a force for good on behalf of star wars fans and
0: that's that's another thing that like with the feeling like you know people when somebody puts out that when their passion is so evident for the thing it's it's hard not to to have like a fondness of them because of their like you know right right and you know he
1: does stuff he like i saw him at you know i met him for the first time at celebration and he you know he couldn't stick around because he was going to one of the saber guild things like he mm-hmm. you know he was at his daughter's podcast thing then he was going to go do these lightsaber demonstrations so it's it's awesome to see him him like this and it was great to see because i think it was tuesday night either monday or tuesday night i saw the notification on my phone This Brittany Brown tweeted something about it. I said, okay. And it was, you know, after dinner with our kids, we have a routine. We go for a walk. We watch some TV. And then my son goes to bed. Mm -hmm. And we had gotten back from the walk. We were watching TV. And my daughter is at camp. So my son, we go with whatever he wants. And we were watching the last few episodes of The Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. season seven. I said, buddy, we have to pause this. There is something else we need to watch. And he was, but he was a little, but when it started, playing and you could and he could see what it was he's like i'm gonna go hit my saber so he ran into the other room got the saber and he's like trying to do the moves along with it and it was so cool to see i'm like yeah that's That's awesome my friend teaching my son how to use a (laughs) light and my friend if anyone deserves to be a jedi knight it's it's sal
0: it you know that's that's how i felt watching it today and again he's just doing like a couple quick five six moves i was sitting in the car and I'm like, I found myself like moving my hands a little bit. I don't have a lightsaber in the car, but I'm just like, oh, I could do this. I could be a Jedi. but I'll never be a self. I'll never be Quinlan Vos. Like, I I
1: I do wish that <clears throat> um, they had given him a Jedi name like they did with yeah. Ahmed Best.
0: We're, we're going to have to ask him. Uh, I'm yeah. going to have to get him on the show at some point and say, I need you. It, it cannot be Kanan Jarrus and it cannot be Quinlan Vos. Maybe <laughs> some weird, you know. Spanish combination of both Kane and Voss. There you go. There you go. I don't, I don't know how you came up with that one, man. That was I, I just off top was, of my head. Wow. Good for you, man. Do you look like you need to lay down and take a nap after that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really cool to see. And I you know, and again, I'm really happy to see friends of ours, uh, people that we know that, um, find their place in the galaxy and succeed. Um, and it happens often, you know, we're seeing people that are getting more and more involved. Um, so, yeah, that that was a really cool thing to see. Um, next little f- quick thing. Uh, Charles Soul puts out a newsletter every month, and his latest one came out just a few hours ago as a recording. And in it, he teased um, a new project for Phase 2 of the High Republic. He says that he sent in a script for whatever this new, his words, secret project is for Phase 2 of the High Republic. Um, doesn't give any details. He says eventually he'll talk about it later on. And I saw there was a thing on Reddit Uh, that had just like minor speculation of like, what do you think it could be? He has this new title with Lucasfilm. Do you think it's like some TV thing later on? Um, If I had to guess, and I'll let you chime in in a sec. I think it's probably something comic related later in phase two. So it's, it's not
1: the blade miniseries. It's something
0: else in the newsletter. He had that with the cover art and then it Mm -hmm. was underneath all of that. He had this separate little blurb for, this this script.
1: <clears throat> yeah, well that's that's pretty cool. I think pro- although I think this phase is going to in real world timeline, it's not going to be as long as phase 1.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, but um, it seems it seems like there's more stuff. Like I can't I was really good with keeping track of all the titles for phase 1 as they were coming out. Mm-hmm. Everything that's like phase, two, I'm already lost for phase two. Yeah. And I've read understand. everything, I've kept up with everything, but I'm like, I don't know what's all I know is that I think Convergence is the first book. I think so. That's coming up as a writer cord Cordova. Yeah. Um, so I'm like I, I'm again, I'm really excited for phase two. When Midnight Horizon ended, um, I was so stoked for what was I was mm-hmm. I was talking to uh Alex Damon about it. Uh, we both had advanced copies, and so we were talking about in DMs and stuff like, what do you think this is? Who do you think this guy is? I don't want to say too much for people who might not have read it yet, but the way that book ends as a capper for phase one, and then knowing we're going back in time to rediscover some things about Dalna and whatever else is going on at the time, um, to me, the way that book ended, it was. Uh, it, it's weird to think that it was a good cliffhanger to something that happens in the past, yeah. but it was done well enough that it got me really excited for it
1: yeah I, I one of my favorite things that i saw at celebration um that first day uh the high republic panel it was at like i think three or four in the afternoon and um i went with randy from the sith list and we were a few minutes late because we were attacked by a um, giant leech in one of the hotel bars no okay. uh, and we get to just this guy <laughs> looking for people to buy him drinks. And like, Arash was actually talking with him and the rest of us were kind of like, okay, come on, come on, come on. Um, <laughs> but no, Rand and I get up there and we're, you know, it started like, let's say three o 0- three o'clock. We were in at three Oh five. We could only get seats in the back of the room. And it was in, it wasn't on like, you know, it wasn't in the arena, but it was yeah. in like the largest stage room. And the place was packed and wow. people there were excited and happy. And just to see that type of turnout for the high Republic and to see these people who are enthusiastic about it, that, that made me very happy.
0: I mean, and that's books. Yeah.
1: It's that's all not been even books something and comics. that's
0: visual. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I recorded, um, an episode of, uh, into the garbage shoot. Uh, we did the review for, for midnight horizon and mm-hmm. we were talking about, what um what high republic twitter is like like that it's its mm-hmm. own separate thing and how everybody seems to be really excited about these things and again we, we get concept art and character art and mm-hmm. books and that's it yeah. and you know yes and you still see people that are like you know that want to that want to rag on it like uh well oh, it's just another failure from Lucasfilm. and it's like man every one of these books has been like a number one bestseller yeah you know and. uh it's uh people stupid i mean I, I try i don't engage with that kind of stuff it's just like whatever you want to be pissy about a rock in a book you mm-hmm. need to go throw throw rocks outside man i don't know what to yeah. tell you um but that's exciting man to know that there's that electricity for a book series uh, That it blows my mind but but they are very well done and i remember when light of the jedi come out came out when we did the review here um uh, Saying like I do not envy Charles Soule for having to lay the foundation for this thing, and I think he nailed it I think Le- Light of the Jedi was a masterclass in in um in laying the groundwork for for an entire era and you know, yeah. the book it's, it's not perfect it has an issue it's it's issues like there's a ton of names in that book um but the way that book is constructed it's so fast paced in the beginning you finally get a chance to breathe in the middle um and then it ramps up again. And, uh, it's, 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 it's as of late, it's one of my favorite books, much like, uh, Padawan by uh, Kirsten White that I just got in the mail today, which is also a New York times bestseller. And we just found out uh, the other day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll get into Padawan another time. I'm going to have to record a review for it. So, well, let's get into the big news for the week. We're already 45 minutes into the show. We haven't even touched it yet. Right. So Monday morning, we knew this and it's weird. I don't think we've had something like this in a while for star Wars, where we get the announcement ahead of time that there's a trailer coming. Usually we'll get it like the night before some little blurb on Twitter. Um, whoever the old person was that was running the star Wars Twitter account is obviously not doing it anymore. They got somebody new that's doing it. Um, but we started seeing rumblings that, um, Diego Luna was going to be on good morning America Monday morning. And that there was going to be a new, I think they called it like exclusive look or something. They didn't say I didn't. Nobody said it was a trailer initially. And then it was a little bit later on. they said it was a trailer. Now. As characters go, I've got three. Right. Obviously, Luke is my number one. So he's my Hall of Famer. I'm leaving him off my list. But my three are Cad Bane, Cassian Andor and Meeber Gascon. Those are my three dudes. Right. And I still get it. People still don't believe me when I say how much I love Meeber Gascon maybe my dude don't fuck with him now obviously and again i say this humbly speaking appearances are a factor the coat i do love rogue one i love the representation seeing cassian on screen keeping his accent because that's what my grandpa sounded like um i had a really thick accent My grandpa barely spoke english um he understood well enough but he when he did speak he had a very thick accent so like it took me to that it was really cool to see it um so we get the trailer Monday morning, and it's two minutes and like twenty six seconds of one of the coolest trailers I've seen in a while from Star Wars. So, first thoughts: What was your initial reaction to seeing the full trailer beginning to end Monday?
1: Um, I was, I was at in my car at a gas station, and I knew I knew it was coming out. I. I left really early because I didn't know how long the commute would take me, and mm-hmm. I had a few minutes. So I'm like, okay, there. Ha- this trailer had to have been released. I'm going to pull into this gas station, see if it was. It was, and I'm like, I need to watch that again, and I need to watch that on a much bigger screen. So yeah, you know, I I got home, I put it on, and it, it you know, th- this show is what I've wanted. Because I, I'm very big—not that I didn't want anything we've gotten already, uh, mm-hmm. you know—I've I've wanted it. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I've loved it. But I'm very big in, into the rebellion, and I think it, it makes sense to base the story of how the rebellion grew and evolved around Cassian, because Diego Luna's a great actor, and he mm-hmm. was a great presence in Star Wars, and to take the, the things that. That he said, you know, being in the struggle since he was six years old, doing the things he's not proud of, um, to, to, to actually show that in the, in the Star Wars galaxy. And you have a guy like Tony Gilroy, um, you know, who, who did the, the the first batch of boring movies, the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he did the one where Matt Damon came back, but he, I think he did the original three. And, you know, someone who can write intrigue and have like the political aspect be a part of it. I love Coruscant. I love, you know, love the idea of the Senate having Mon Mothma be a character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very interesting. Very promising. I am, I am a li- little bit disappointed. We haven't gotten any signs of Jimmy Smith's yet.
0: He'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, uh, you know, if, if I had, if I was a bad man and of course mm-hmm. there's, there's, I think there's been rumors for a while that he would probably be there. And right. you know, the internet doesn't lie. It never has. <laughs> so and the, the internet's in a thousand. Yeah. Um, so if, if, if we're listening to, uh, you know, the, the mole people who type things up in mm-hmm. their, uh, in their computer farms, Jimmy Smith will be in there somewhere. And again, another phase for representation for me. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't, why would I be upset? Like if he was there, I mean, I would be, I think I'd be upset if he wasn't, um, mm-hmm. uh, because, Not because of the actor, but because his character is relevant in this timeline, especially knowing his connections to Mon Mothma um, and potentially wanted to carry on any legacy for Padme during this time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this show, with this trailer specifically, the visuals of this thing, the way this thing starts off. Um, You know, you got people in this, you know, these kind of like wood huts or stone huts. My man's just carrying an Mm AK-47. Didn't even modify it. they just like, well, just here you go. There's bullets in this thing. Um, We can call it a a slug thrower if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Make it Star Wars. And there's that overhead shot of that Star Destroyer that comes over. Now, that is a very um, Star Wars image to have the imposing enemy overshadowing whatever is happening underneath it. But what I loved about this shot is that it's got that handheld motion tracking so that, you know, the Star Destroyer is moving just a little bit as the camera moves um, by perspective. And man, does it look awesome. Yeah, You know, I I got, you know, my little boy, a new hope vibes from seeing a Star Destroyer fly overhead, seeing that. Um, And it reminded me of, that deleted scene where Luke looks up, looks up in the sky and sees the Star Destroyer battle with the Tana before, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, was cut out of the movies and it, and it's nowhere near as big on Tatooine, no, but it's no. it reminded because here's somebody's witnessing this, this oppressive, um, ship you now flying over. So that was like, just initially was like, Oh my God, like this looks really cool. Um, and we follow that up with, uh, a young man standing on the edge of a quarry wearing this kind of like yellow rags tunic. And according to Andor News on Twitter, which is at, I think it's at Andor News or at News Andor, um, that young man, the actor, his name is uh, Antonio Vina, and the character's name is Kassa, K-A-S-S-A, according to them. Now, everybody speculated right away that since we see that little boy kind of like go into a tunnel and finds his way into what looks to be an Imperial facility, we get Cassian Diego Luna's voiceover saying, "The way in is to make it look like you belong there." So I've seen some speculation that this is still young Cassian, that Casa is his or like original name, mm-hmm. and then as he grew up as an alias to himself, he just renames himself Cassian. Because we also see um, the older woman that's in the show, uh, played by Fiona Shaw. Um, I forget the character's name. Was said to be. Cassian's like adoptive mother, like a stepmother. So we know something happens to Cassian in his younger years. He talks about being in this fight since he was six years old. I'm honestly getting a little tired of hearing that line. Um, (laughs) But, um, but it is a reminder of, you know, he had to have sacrificed something really young to um, make him feel like he did not have a choice later on you know what I mean? So something traumatic happened. And I think we know from the Rogue One Visual Dictionary, um, it says there that Cassian's father was killed in a protest on, on, a, on a Carita military academy or establishment um, during a protest. Uh, the the um, The Empire killed him. And I'm wondering if that's one of the scenes that's in the trailer later on. We do see a guy who looks like he's throwing something and then it cuts to an explosion or I'm not saying the guy has a grenade. That's just, that could be just some mm-hmm. editing, but I'm wondering if we're going to see any of that in the show. Um, and I'm like, it's 12 episodes. There's a lot going on here, but I'm wondering how much of this, I'm assuming the three episodes that we're getting in, in to start the thing is going to be like an arc. And I'm wondering how, how much of that is going to be flashback because we do see clone troopers in the trailer too. Um, so we know some of it's going to take place in the past. So here's my question for you. Since flashbacks have been, been introduced in the sequel trilogy, do you think they're being used too much at this point? Or do you think they're being used effectively enough to get the story to where, to where it needs to be?
1: I th- I think they're being used appropriately. Um, you know, it's it's very much... Star Wars does not use them consistently, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, Book of Boba, it they weren't in, they stopped having them, you know, halfway through the series, right? Um, and w- with Obi Wan, it was just in that one episode, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, the the flashback to the, the pre Clone Wars. I I don't think Star Wars is overdoing it, and I think it's it's a very good storytelling tool especially when you can use it to explain something that's going on now um or like like in lost when they would use it to parallel at least the first few seasons they would use it to parallel what's going on in the main story um but i i think for something like this if you're and, and they've told us i think at one point they've said what the time progression is going to be Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. But if they're able to say, okay, this is a story that ma- the main part of the story takes place ten years before the Battle of Yavin, but it it has other moments that take place even before that, I I would be fine with that.
0: Yeah, um, I I do I remember think- them saying season one is five years before Rogue One, mm-hmm. season two every three episodes represents another year leading up to. And that's one of the things that was in the interview. They're saying that, you know, we're basically the last episode is Andor is going to be on the rings of Khafrein. And mm-hmm. um, can we get a little justice for Tivik? I yeah. mean, my man gets shot in the back right away. Um, Maybe have
1: him do something in season two.
0: Let let him shoot somebody. Yeah. Let Pablo play him. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, um I think, yep. you know, Star Wars does. Is handicapped in a way that Marvel isn't. In that Marvel storytelling is linear; mm-hmm. you know what stories come out when. For them, every night, na- you know, Black Widow, cat Marvel kind of jump back, but Star Wars, they can also use this to their advantage. I think we, the the larger fan base, just has to be smart about it. um You know, Star Wars stories can take place in any time period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, just because book of boba fett came out doesn't mean the next sh- the next show comes out after book of boba fett can be obi-wan set how many years before that right and then you can jump forward to Andor, and then to mando i think the thing star wars has to do it has to break out of this between the phantom menace and episode nine it has to learn to break out
0: of that time period well we'll get that when the acolyte comes yeah um but then, I mean, you know, that'll be one of those things that and not, they won't do this. Leslie Headland seems smarter to, than to do this. But um, I, I would I would wonder if there would be any mention of the prophecy in the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why I don't think they would do that is because then it would have to become a focal point of the show. Right. Um, because you don't just talk about it. Well, unless you're Game of Thrones, you don't talk about a prophecy and then just let it go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, <laughs> That's what we're not going to open up that can't worse. That's a whole other thing
1: in Legends. I don't think the Sith knew of the prophecy.
0: I mean, why would they? I mean, it seems like that was something that was within the Jedi in their archives. I think so, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, because I mean, that's something that you know Qui Gon talks about having studied, and then now with new canon with Dooku Jedi Lost, with. Um, the way he and cyphodeas were looking into the archives and getting in trouble for it um rightly so um yeah prophecies um i you know that's one of those things especially what i you know i don't know if i ever really liked the idea of prophecies in star wars because it seemed mm-hmm. like that's more of a fantasy kind of a thing yeah um but i in in the context of anakin like i i understand why it's there but it seemed like kind of a, like a really simple device to say he's the chosen one and he, here's the book that explains why he's the chosen one, instead of just saying like, this kid is really gifted and we need to keep an eye on him. Right. So, um, but moving on. So we, um, we get our first look at the Imperial Senate, not the Republic Mm -hmm. Senate anymore. And it was cool to see the Imperial cog under the floor of where I'm assuming, you know, Palpatine or Masamita would be standing. Couldn't see Mm -hmm. anything in there in that shot, but, um, that was, that was a cool image. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we get, um, we see some of the Imperials. We see Casa's shoes as he's walking into whatever that, that facility is. And I wanted to point this out. Um, those shoes are, they're like tanned leather and hide, right, tied together. Um, and it reminded me so much of one of the Rogue One trailers where you see um, Saw Guerrero walking in. And you see the one like robotic leg and it's from, it's a real low angle. It's just walking in. And it got me thinking about what this trailer, what this series is about. And the only thing that I've had in my head, if there's like a thesis statement for what Andor is, is going to be, it is what will you become that line that saw says from the old trailers and stuff that I don't even, it's not even in the movie. I don't think um, so. Um, but it's like, what choices do you see yourself making in the most difficult of circumstances? And if, if this boy happens to be Cassian, we, whatever boy is in the show that is Cassian will know that hard things are going to happen to him and he's going to end up um, in a rough spot. So um, speaking of Saul, we do see him. Uh, which is yep. kind of cool. And it's, it's before rogue one. So there's that possibility that before the end of the second season, we'll see him, um, sustain some, some pretty heavy damage, probably like in the last arc of the show.
1: Yeah. This is probably before that happens.
0: Yeah. Before I'm sorry, before rebels, I meant to say, cause by oh. rebels, he doesn't even have all the damage yet. Right. So, um, that's where we would probably see something. Hey, it was cool to see forest Whitaker, crew. It Whitaker come back, but you know, I mean, it begs the question. Um, Borgullet, is Borgullet there? Because I need some Borgullet action. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so, if, um, if... go ahead. Th- 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 no, I was just going to say, there's the shot where you see two tubes. Someone yep. zoomed in, and I guess you could see Moroff walking around too.
0: Yeah, he's back there. You know, I want to see um, the character with the real big mouth, whose name is like eighty-seven letters long. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not even going to bother to look it up.
1: Bib- um, and Bibb's cousin, Methhead Fortuna. That's
0: right. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see um, some of those faces. It'll look like there's some new, old faces in the partisans Mm -hmm. that probably don't survive um, because we don't see them in Rogue One. Um, We get a good look at um, Denise, uh, what is it, Goh? Goh? I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she is Supervisor Deidre Miro. Um, She's wearing the white USB officer. What I liked about her costume, right? We love the ISB officers around here, right? Their look is sharp, right? Yeah. Orson Krennick. Shout out to Emily Lynn. You know what I mean? Like I can't I can't think about Orson Krennick and not think about Emily and like how much story she gets about seeing the snarky Imperials on screen. Um and seeing her look, she's got this wide lapeled trench coat. Yeah. That looks like it's like it, it's like something you would see in like a world war ii you know some army general where like all the soldiers are wearing their gear and it's just like the general comes out in his big heavy trench coat mm-hmm. um like she means business yep. and i'm i and she she looks she looks awesome and i'm waiting for her to dig in we do hear her later on say um are you a fish or what is it uh, or a thief and um, there's a shot where we, we see the one dude who's got the, uh, the big sideburns whose name in the show is um, L- Linus Mosk, Lieutenant Linus Mosk. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who talks about the, uh, the fomenting and there's a shot b- behind him and it could just be a shadow. It could be a crack in the wall, but it almost looks like a Marlin. Um, so I'm wondering if there's like some group of spies or something that, Works on the water to whatever, and they call themselves something fish related. I don't know. Just some weird speculation that like a marlin painted on the wall or something that looks like it is kind of like a sign for them or something like that. But that again, I could be looking at that completely wrong. It is just being, you know, I just want to see fish in Star Wars. I need more fish in Star Wars. um uh, I, I do like that we see those troops, they're like Imperial Riot troops where you get to see their faces. Um, and it, to me, that kind of shows the, you know, some people as conscripted soldiers or a police force or whatever, um, they are just people who, for whatever reason, be they volunteer or, you know, being locked into fighting, they they too have lives. And I'm not saying we have to have sympathy for the bad guys, but they are also people who are fighting a larger powers war for them. so, and I think that's something that's also really key about this this series is the masks that people wear um you know the 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 duality of these characters either as spies or as um as mothma as a politician and also as this kind of bastion for this burgeoning rebellion um and how our identities are shaped again that what 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 will you become kind of thematic statement um seems ever present in how people navigate this timeline. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I I don't know. It's like, for me, it's, it's hit me over the head with it. Like everything about this is like that tipping point, you know?
1: I think, I think there are going to be some people that are going to be moles or spies or whatever. And at the same time, I don't want that to happen because everything, everyone just seems, um, so, so perfect in this trailer in the role they're in, like you said, the the ISB officer, um, Stellan Skarsgård character Luthien.
0: yeah, L- Luthien Rail, yeah, yeah,
1: like he <clears throat> in, in some scenes he has this like amazing hair, and then in the others it's like, um, you know, just buzz cut, and, and the ways that what, how's he, Cassian Ender, yeah, the way
0: I was yeah. joking with my son oh, and I'm like, oh man, he's, cause I'm wondering, like, it almost seems like the, those scenes where he either seems younger or just has the hair. If there's some kind of time R- jump, like R- I'm almost expecting him to have a different voice. To like yeah. put on some false front of like, ooh, you know, I just mon Mothma, it's so good to see you. And then, you know, Cassie and Andrew you ready to fight? Like just right. turn around and just be two completely different people. Yeah. And then there's like the one
1: scene when he's he he's on a planet. he like he looks like he's not gonna take any any more of this, and he whips the hood um over, you know, and he just like he goes from fop to badass. And then he's in he's in a ship, and it looks like we're actually gonna get some space battles. Because he he's in a cockpit, and then the turret comes out, and he's like going. It looks like he takes out a tie bomber or something.
0: That shot where we see um, the arrestor cruiser um, mm-hmm. above it too, um, which is one of those. What is it, like a Colin Cantwell design from the original? Yeah, it's based from, off. From of,
1: based off of that.
0: Um, this show, just visually, the cinematography, the the artsmanship of the show, just looks so good. Mm-hmm. um he, whatever his ship is he probably has some really badass name for it mm-hmm. like i, I mean I, I couldn't even come up with the, the booty clencher or something you know <laughs> that thing is just is just rocking fools left and right mm-hmm. um and uh but he does seem like he's going to be that mentor character for or like a recruiter type character but it, it you know you have to think too if he was part of some kind of like societal elite be it as like a museum curator or like a, an antiquities dealer or something. Cause he has like Mandalorian armor in that room.
1: Yeah. He's got
0: some other kind of stuff there. Um,
1: a calicory, I think.
0: Yeah. That's what it looks like. I'm a, on one of the upper shelves. Um, but he's, he has some elevated status. I mean, Mon Moth is driving up in her blue convertible to go visit him. Yeah. You know, she pulls up like, uh, the fifth element, you know what I mean? Like when that dude trying to sell food to, <laughs> to Bruce Willis, um, but uh, he has some he has some weight in this show with the elite. But then to see him down in the trenches underneath, it's like is he also a fulcrum? You know what yeah. I mean? Is he this go between um, for the boots on the ground, Saw Gerrera type? Who's like, let's just call it what it is. It's a war. And Mon Mothma saying, the longer they think I'm an irritation, the less they know what it is I'm really doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and that makes me wonder what she's doing to be an irritation.
0: You know, is is she just like um the, the motion to install a stop sign at uh Coruscant Boulevard A, you know
1: maybe or maybe maybe she's like fully cheerleading the Emperor's New Order. But just being like, no, we you're not going Sheeve, you're not going far enough. We need to do this. Yeah. And like, just what kind of, kind of like what you're saying, installing stop signs, but weigh it down in bureaucracy. I'm just trying to think about how that would, how could you do it so that you could plausibly say, okay, the smartest man in the galaxy, the best planner the galaxy has ever seen can't see through her.
0: Because you have to have that. And, And also to think about what else is happening all around this time, not exactly at this time, but around this time, like the Leia Princess of Alderaan book is Roughly a few years removed from this, yep. And by th- by this point, um, there was already crate had already been established as an early base, even though it was um untenable, they couldn't use it, uh, because Bale knew people that had set that place up. And um, you know, like Panaka's out there doing so, it would, would Panaka be dead by this point? No,
1: no, no, P- Panaka in dies, bloodline
0: in pr- in Princess of that's what I'm saying. So she's 16. Leia's 16 in that. Yeah. So this is this is before Leia Princess of Alderaan. So Panaka's yes. out there too. It would be weird. But maybe maybe he's we a moth, get some. Sc- he's I don't right they
1: yeah I don't think he's helping them, but he's thim- sympathetic.
0: No, I know. But I'm just saying, like you know, you could get uh, like the Hugh Quarshie cameo. Yeah. With with Bail somewhere out on uh, on Naboo or wherever the hell he's at. I forget where he's at.
1: Would he? Yeah, he's on. He's. On Naboo, but he has a his estate is on the moon. Would he be? Would Hugh Korshi be willing to come back? Because for a long time, I know he was not.
0: They got Harrison Ford back. I don't know, man. You can't really say that. Who knows? But I mean, it it would be cool to to get to get a mention of him to have like Bale say, uh, "Well, you know, Panaka's a thorn in my side," or some should be like, "Oh yeah, he is still out there." Um, That that'd be a cool uh, a cool little thing. Um, now, one of the other things I remember when that Disney investors day happened and they talked, they showed that first, uh, I call it the concept art and all of that stuff. And it was a lot of like, they showed Neil Scanlon and a lot of the creatures and stuff. And this trailer, obviously we see two tubes again, we see, um, you know, not a ton of alien creatures, but then we get this really wackadoo forearm doctor yeah. that blew my mind. Cause if he looks really? a little like, like if Ochi and Bestoon and Maz Kanata had like some way off cousin somewhere. Yeah. Um, but then you get the wide shot and he's got forearms, and he's working on this dude. And I'm like, man, give me more of that.
1: Yeah. It's star just, Wars being weird again.
0: Yeah. And, and this is in the time of like the decraniated and yeah. you know, whatever Dr. Amazon was doing. um, but uh you know and there's a lot of cool obviously there's a lot of cool like battle scenes like you was talking about the space battles and stuff and in one of the empire articles <clears throat> there was um Tony Gilroy talking about the fact that they did not use the volume at all for the show and that everything was mechanical and was moving parts i would have to imagine that there's at least some volume because you know, there's the Cassian in a cockpit or Luthen in, in a cockpit. To do that with just a straight green screen, I would right. almost think would be would be noticeable against what they've done with the volume for space things so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, I, th- go ahead.
1: I yeah, I don't. I get what he's saying. Maybe he means like location, mm-hmm. like everything on location is on location,
0: and it it shows. I mean, this thing just the fact that there are people who are running confidently (laughs) without (laughs) running into a wall. Um, you know, that's where we're seeing some of the scale. I mean, they have people who are repelling down the side of what looks like a damn wall. Um, then they look like real people. Mm -hmm. So that's not stuff that I don't think you can really pull off in the volume. Um, but this show, like I'm hyped for it and you know, who else is hyped for it is my man, Diego Luna. I was watching some of the interviews that he did with, um, good morning America and the view and stuff like that. And just to hear him talk about what it means to be an ambassador for this character, um, what it was like for him growing up and seeing the movies and wanting to envision himself in it. And now that he is, um, he is that person. He talks about like his son, like he has a black series figure of himself, probably that Hasbro sent to him. Mm -hmm. And he said that his son messes with him. And he moves it to different places in that like around the house or in his room and he just leaves it for him to find. Cause he's like, Diego says he's not super comfortable with it. Like he's like, I he's like acting is just a job. Like I don't view myself as like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that having an action figure of yourself, like that's not a normal thing. And I don't yeah, want it no. to be like feel normal. Um, but to hear his excitement as he's talking about the show and what the framework of the show is that it it, yes it is this big war epic but it's very personal it's very intimate at times and again that kind of like juxtaposition that duality of identity for people and like the overall like identity of the galaxy is at stake right now what face is the galaxy going to wear? Is it going to be under the authoritative thumb of the empire? Or is it going to be of those who are willing to fight back and really sacrifice um, in the face of tyranny? And it's exciting. I love the fact that Tony Gilroy is doing this to hear him talk about, like, I didn't write a star Wars story. I wrote like a political espionage thriller. It just happens to be in a star Wars skin. And For all the grumblings we hear about people who say like, well, they should be fans and they should know this and they should know that Tony Gilroy is going to prove us wrong again. You know, so I don't know about you. My hype level is through the roof on this show for a multitude of reasons. I am disappointed that it is delayed a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm also not too keen on the fact that there's three episodes to start with because I don't know when I'm going to be able to watch those day one. Uh, most shows I will get up a little bit early and watch part of it before work and a part of it over like a, like a break. Yeah. Um, But I think Diego Luna said that those first three hours, uh, that those first three episodes is roughly two hours together.
1: Well, I'm coming back from a, my wife and I are going on vacation for a week and that's Mm -hmm. the day we're coming back. Oh man. So maybe I'll try, hopefully they'll have like decent Wi-Fi. I'll be able to download them watch him on the plane or something
0: can you do like are you can you handle like if other people are talking the first time you watch stuff no when, i can't i can't yeah i'm the same way like i'm yeah. again having kids are kind of they want to know well, who's that what is that i'm like Z-Z-Z-Z-Z.
1: yeah no no no, no. well you i'll tell you later. Later. Uh, for especially for the disney shows i will wake up early watching the basement Mm-hmm. It's nice because it's dark, and I can just focus on that. No one else is awake, and then I'll watch yeah, it but, later with everyone else.
0: We, we don't we don't have that yet. Okay, we don't. Yeah, we don't, yeah and until we get settled, we, we won't have that. That's yeah. We we we've so we've we've been in
1: this house since last June. So we've had mm-hmm. that for you know for Boba and some of the Marvel stuff and Obi Wan.
0: Yeah, I I did get to watch all of Obi Wan with my son,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we since I was covering it for the show, you know, I I was basically given permission that I could watch it Mm -hmm. without anybody and like prep for, you know, to record. Mm -hmm. So we watched the first episode together. I think the Monday after release. And then, Mm -hmm. um, we binged the whole season, the weekend before the finale. Mm -hmm. So we watched every episode. I think like episodes two through five, And then we watched the finale afterwards and that the weekend before the finale is when I finished reading Padawan. um, Since I had, I had a review a reviewers copy and thematically it fits so well with what was going on with the show um, that like it enhanced both of the book and the show, knowing the story by what happens to Obi-Wan when he's a much younger man. So it was, uh, you know i again it's it i'm speaking from pr- privilege to know that i you know that I had this thing and i know that's not everybody's experience but it really helped enhance the storyline of the show and
1: oh that's awesome
0: yeah and, and getting to watch with my son too like he was we at times as grown men who have grown up with this thing we get emotional when we yeah. see certain things i mean certain musical cues or whatever my son being 12 like your young kids they don't have the attachment to the prequels or the original trilogy so my son, the only time he got choked up uh, was when Obi-Wan said to Luke, "Hello there." Oh, nice. My son, he sat there, and like he like had like two little tears, and he's like, "Why am I crying now of everything in this show that I'm crying about? Why is it this?" And I'm like, "Man, like he didn't grow up with the prequels. Like he, he's not aware of all of like the meaning of "Hello there." um he is a little bit but like that's the thing that got to him um which was like you know you can't ask for a better reaction you know to 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 feel something emotional about two silly little words in a star wars story man so but uh we're not gonna top that we might as well just wrap it up right now because that's a hell of a moment to wrap up (laughs) That, that
1: that's a great that's a great moment yeah,
0: so Andor, September 21st, three episodes, uh, first day, <clears throat> 12 total. And then we got 12 more <clears throat> coming out in uh, season two. And then we get Bad Batch somewhere in there in Mandalorian season three. It just seems like they're all going to bleed one right into I think the next g- one. So. I think
1: they're going to have to.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering if if the Bad Batch is going to keep 16 episodes, if they're going to release two weekly in between Andor and Mando season three, because otherwise that's four months of shows, and there isn't four months between Andor and Mandalorian. So, well, King Tom, <clears throat> thank you so much for, for uh, thank you, you know for the, having me. Yeah, the last the last minute call with with the run in. King Tom Chansky comes down the ramp and starts smashing fools with a chair. That's um, what I do. Yes, you do. Um, but uh, once again, remind everybody. Uh, where they can find you online.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Tom Chansky and then on the Sith list podcast weekly and then Patreon shows for Steel Wars, Blue Harvest, the Bad Motivators and the Sith list. Now Raj gets, even though I'm on the Sith list every week, Raj gets, you know, he's gotten snippy the last few times I've skipped skip saying Patreon shows for the Sith list. I think it's implied.
0: I mean, does he, does he get like a royalty just for you saying it?
1: I don't think so. No. I don't think so.
0: I don't know. He's got he's got much bigger things to worry about he than does. whether or not you're saying, especially this week. Yeah. So he... I, I do hope everything is well. Um I haven't seen any updates as of yet. So. Uh,
1: um had a baby girl this I think this either this morning or overnight.
0: Oh well that's I yeah, again, I hadn't seen any I'm not, you know. Raj isn't calling me to tell me good news I don't know what he's <laughs> He doing just
1: he just said. sent me a text. So I figured <laughs> I was like, you know, that's awesome, I'm very happy. I uh, I sent him a dad joke overnight. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I do I do want to say this before we part because I don't okay. think I've said this openly on a show. And if a Raj does listen to this, which he probably won't because he's got a new baby at the house, congratulations to you and Lorena and to Malik who's a big brother now. Um but when that celebration Sunday um, after meeting all of you guys, uh, later in the day, I bumped into Steel and Eric, uh, Strathers by, um, by the, uh, by the Star Wars underworld booth. And the first thing I said to Steel was, after meeting, like introducing myself and stuff was, um, where's Arash? And he said, cause I was looking forward to meeting Arash. We had, you know, sent some DMs and stuff. We were excited to meet each other and stuff. And he goes, ah, oh, he, well, he had to leave early this morning. And admittedly, I was, I was very bummed out about it because I did want to meet a rush. I wanted, I wanted to meet another Brown guy in the fandom. So nothing against the white dudes, but well, you know, no, you no, no, no offense taken. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but, uh, then Steele offered to buy me a drink and, uh, we went to go get a beer and, uh, the booths were not open cause it was later in the day on Sunday. So, uh, steel, if you're listening, you owe me a beer. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so everybody uh go check out all the other patreon shows for the 37 uh, uh patreon things that uh, king tom just mentioned uh again you can find me on twitter at cabanes bounty you can find the show at jt link. send us emails let us know what's going on with you guys are you hyped for Andor? are you reading the books because we're going to be talking a lot about books uh coming up uh we do have some other guests planned to come around uh send me the email at uh, i'm not going to forget it this time It's comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at jamtransmissions.com. I am around uh, doing dumb shit on Twitter. And um, again, guys, keep an eye out for what's happening with the Amidala Initiative and what choice. And uh, keep in mind, September 17th, the Podathon this year, um, going to help uh, make a wish. So with that, King Tom, thank you once again uh, for joining me uh, for this and or in fun news expositional breakdown and uh to everybody out there friends thank you so much for listening tell your friends find us on spotify and everywhere else send us uh all the stuff rate review sub all that fun stuff and um we will talk to you all soon may that force be with you.